Hello everyone, welcome back to Daf HaShavu as we study Mesechus Yavamas Daf Chaf Ches. As I pointed out last week, I want to give everyone some chizik. Those of you who are plugging through Mesechus Yavamas, it's not easy. I want to give you just an assist, a way, an asset to uh, help understand sometimes just the bottom line. Even without Halacha Lamasa, but to understand even Peshat and the Gemara, once you go through a whole daf, to kind of review, what do we accomplish on this daf? So one of the ways, this is what I do personally, besides just going through the case, writing it out, especially in these types of uh, Yavama situations, but look up the Rambam, the Ein Mishpat Ner Mitzvah on the side of the page. You look at the Rambams, you either have a Hebrew Rambam, if you go to Chabad.org, under classic commentaries, you could find the Mishnah Torah. They have an excellent English. It's the Maznayim edition with phenomenal footnotes. And it sets up things pretty well. So sometimes even if uh, you go through the entire Gemara and you don't get it, which is very likely at times during Masechus Yivamas, that is an asset. I know you could go through the art scroll, which you're doing, and that's excellent. But sometimes you just want to walk away with, okay, what's the takeaway from this? And that also will serve uh, very often as a good foundation for some of the halakhala masa issues that I end up discussing. So that's actually what I'm going to do today, is I'm going to look at a bottom line of the Rambam on this issue of being miyaving with uh, when you have two sisters that fall in front of you. And then we'll try to give a halachalamasa situation. Now, the halachalamasa that I'm going to deal with today is a question that I've been holding off. You remember earlier in the Masechta, we discussed the possibility and the allowance for a man to marry two sisters, but not simultaneously. And not only not simultaneously, you can't have, according to Torah law, uh, Yaakov marrying a Rachel and a Leah if the marriage is taking place at the same time. If Rachmanullah's son Rachel passes away, that was the shear we gave earlier this year. Yaakov's allowed to marry Leah. And on a Durabanan level, when it comes to Yibam, as we're going to explain through these Rambams. So this begs the question that I've been waiting up until now what happens in the Torah? And it's easy just to say, okay, this was Lifnei Matan Torah, no problem. But there's a Rashi in this week's Parsha that seems to challenge that uh, position. So this is going to be the starting point of the Halacha Lamasa, but let's do a little bit of, do some work on the Rambam. If we look into the Rambam, Perig Zion of Hilchus Yivam Vechalitza, you have a summary and the bottom line of what we find in our Gemara. The Rambam says, and I'm going to spell it out a little bit to be dramatic, to bring the case home. You have two brothers, Reuven and Shema, who are married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. There is a third brother named Levi, and both brothers die. Now what the Rambam presents here is, as we see in our Gemara, we don't know which brother died first. So it could be, unfortunately, a tragic situation. They're both in a car accident, we're not sure which one dies first. Or there's somehow an event that takes place and 
both of them either are there or event taking place in different places and they die at the same time. Whatever the practical case, doesn't take such an imagination to come up with it. But what are we left with? Let's just think about the situation. Levy now has in front of him two sisters with what we've called a Zika relationship. We hold yesh Zika, there is Zika. And on a Durabana level, this relationship now is viewed as he has two sisters in front of him. It would be as if marrying two sisters by doing a Zika on both, and then he can't only do a Zika on one, because then you have the possibility of the sister of a Zika, which we established last week is also prohibited. So what do you do? Hoel v'yefshar liyavim shteyen and that's why chalitza would be required and yibum would not be required. Now, based on what we learned last week, we could understand why the Rambam presents it here as dying, as them dying at the same time, or at least we don't know exactly how to determine which one died first. And this actually is discussed. I don't want to get too into the details, but if you want to look in the Rambam in the same parak, parak Zayin Halacha Yud, sorry, parak Zayin Halacha Dalit, where he goes through the possibilities that came up in last week's Gemara as well. If the wife of the second brother dies, the wife of the first becomes permitted again, and she may perform chalitz or yibum. But if the wife of the first brother dies, the wife of the second remains forbidden because she wasn't fit to perform yibum, bizman nefila. So we explained that last week with a practical application. But what I want to do now for the rest of the shir is just ground this a little bit historically, halachically, because we're right now, I'm recording this between Parshios, Toldos, and Vayetze. So here we're dealing with a Drabanan situation, because you're dealing here not with actual marriage, but you're dealing with the Zika situation on a Yibam level of two sisters. But an obvious question, which you will not be the first one to ask, how, on a Torah level, were Rachel and Leah able to be married at the same time to Yaakov? And I want to just point out that we do learn certain halachos before Matan Torah. We're going to come soon to the Yehuda and Tamar story, and we already explained that earlier in the Mesechta. So just to say nothing applies, Lefnei Matantara, is not going to be so pushit. But do we go to the opposite extreme? If you go to the opposite extreme to say that everything applied, and you may have heard that the Avos kept the Torah, then how does Yaakov end up being together with Rachel and Leah? So we'll use this as the launching pad to discuss the issue and again, it's not so halacha lamasa because no one's doing it today, but it's halacha lamasa as far as having a good understanding of our Torah and Masorah. I want to introduce this topic of the Avos keeping the Torah, and I'll show you the connection with Yuvamos, even beyond the Yaakov marrying two sisters with the Rashba. This is an incredible Rashba. The Rashba, Rabbi Shlomo ben Aderet, was a great Rav. He was actually a Talmud of not only the Ramban, but also of Rabbeinu Yonah. He took over Spanish Jewry after the Ramban goes to Eretz Yisrael. And questions come to him from all, literally all over the Jewish world at that time. Sometimes 
although I'm not an expert in the Rashba, but sometimes I've noticed that the questions that he's answering in the Shalos and Shuvos, which to him are the Halachalamasa questions, are not just questions of Kashras, questions of uh, life and death situations, other types of uh, Halachalamasa questions, but Hashkafic questions. He's dealing with a community that's very thoughtful. There are many challenges at that time, actually, from Christianity. And sometimes he gets extremely philosophical. In his very first chilek of the Shalos Hatshuvah of the Rashba, and today, Baruch Hashem, we have excellent editions of great work that's been done in the manuscript. So in Chilek Aleph Simon Sadi Dalit, he talks about a question that was asked to him about mitzvos in general. And he starts in the tshuva and concludes in this tshuva with great motivation, telling people to market mitzvos, that mitzvot are so fundamental, they're close to us, and we shouldn't keep them to ourselves. We should go out and do outreach and communicate them to other people. In the context of this discussion, after talking about Vishinam Tanlavanecha, we obviously have to teach our own children as well, he talks about the Avos. And he tries to explain how so fundamental are mitzvos to our history that even before Matan Torah, the Avos were involved in doing mitzvos. And he begins with a challenge. Practically, what's the value of doing a mitzvah? They weren't even commanded. And even if you want to say it's voluntary, voluntary, it's not true. Shahare Yaakov, Yaakov marries two sisters. And he goes on to explain, before trying to deal with that question, which we'll see in a few minutes, a few moments, that it's clear from Parsha's told us, and we're going to come back and look at how Rashi deals with this as well, that Avram Avinu kept the mitzvahs. You can't ignore it. And then you're going to ask me questions. He says, how did they know the mitzvahs? So he comes up with an incredible opinion that even if things weren't specifically given to them, there is a system that's logical. I'm not sure how this deals with the chukim, but there's a certain system, and the avos, they sensed without specific guidance what exactly they eventually would have to be done. So again, I can't explain that totally in a rational way. He goes on to talk about ha'avos higiyo berov chachmasam elikarim ha'heim. The avos came to the conclusions of these mitzvos on their own, and one of the examples that he gives is v'chein kol ha'avos ad Yehuda ha'makubo me'avosav kiyei mitzvos yibum. That the idea of yibum, as we're going to see with Yehuda and Tamar, a variation of our classic case of yibum is there. And then he alludes to something that we're going to see a little bit more specific in Ramban. He says, how do you deal with the situation of the two sisters? And he says that mitzvahs that we have really have certain limitations built into them. Some of the limitations are zman, so Shabbos is not going to apply every single day. That's zman. Zman lo kal yom And he also says that there's a limitation of makom. makom makom just like we have mitzvah shetzluyos ba'aretz, they only apply in Eretz Yisrael, 
They don't apply in other places. Then he talks about a third category. He doesn't finish. He says, He's basically telling us that we should figure out that the halacha of marrying two sisters was not a mitzvah that applied outside of Eretz Yisrael at this time. Again, whether it's a requirement or whether it's something that is uh, sensed by one's own intellect. I believe what he's referring to here is actually something that maybe he learned from his Rebbe, from the Ramban. Because the Ramban tells us that the reason why Yaakov was able to marry Rachel and Leah is because the marriage took place outside of Eretz Yisrael. This is a Ramban in this past week's Parsha. When the Pasuk says, So you look into Rashi. Rashi there has a position. If you read Rashi, literally, it sounds like they did every single one of the mitzvahs. You look into the Gemara, even a Ruvei Tafshilin were done by the Avos. You look on Rashi there, that the Avos were involved, let's just say involved, even if not obligated, in mitzvos, even mitzvos Torah So the Ramban comes up with a wild position. He doesn't disagree with Rashi, but he limits the position of Rashi to Eretz Yisrael, but in Chutz Laaretz they weren't obligated, either in specific mitzvos or mitzvos in general. Now, I don't think the, the, the Rashba would necessarily go this far, but we'd have to go a lot deeper. You see, the Rashba does quote the Rashi based on the Medrash. When Yaakov comes back, he says, So clearly, he was keeping some mitzvot, and it sounds like all of the Tayyag mitzvot. The reason why I'm spending so much time on this is the Rishonim whether it's on Chumash or whether it's in the Gemara, they don't accept that mitzvos were irrelevant to the Avos. And I think that's a good formulation by Baum. They can't accept that they were irrelevant. Whether every single mitzvah applied, they're not willing to accept that ethical monotheism was just in theory. Even the Ibn Ezra, who generally is going to take very Pshad-oriented, on the Pasuk, in Parshas told us, clearly states that they must have been involved in some of the mitzvahs. And not just mitzvahs in theory, but some practical mitzvahs. Now, the Ibn Ezra says the mitzvahs were the specific commands that were given to Avraham, the, the ten tests. But even the Ibn Ezra sees that the Pasuk is so extensive and expansive, talking about not just chukim, but also not not just mitzvos, but also chukim, by Yishmar Mishmarti, so he goes a bit further. I found fascinating what the Rashbam says. The Rashbam says, again, not going as far as Rashi, he says, That's the Akeda. That was the specific Akev, the specific mitzvah that's given there. But then when he comes to spelling out some of the mitzvos, he says, It should be obvious mitzvahs, Gezel, Arayas, Chimud, Dinin, 
And I want to focus on the last one, Hachnasas Archem. We like to say Avram was such a tzaddik of Hachnasas Archem. The Rashbam is saying that's a mitzvah that's so basic to allow other people into your home. Avram was unique that he followed all of these recognizable mitzvahs. When you go back to Rashi, and that's why I'm going full circle, back to our Yavamos, when Rashi spells out the specific mitzvahs that were followed, so he says, listen to this, which we covered earlier in this daf. So you really get a full breadth of opinions and our Gemara ends up being somewhat at the center of it because of the two sisters and also as the Rashba mentioned because of Yavamas. My point here is I can't give in uh, 20 minutes or even in uh, an hour the full breadth of information about the Avos and Mitzvos, but it's fundamental discussion in the development of Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat if you look into Maseches Yoma, Dachav Chesam and Beis, it's a very important Ritva. And the Ritva says, you know, at the end, it doesn't really make a difference because we follow the mitzvos that were given after Matan Torah. But we still want to associate the Avos with mitzvos. If not establishing the legal precedent, but what we call in law the persuasive precedent. And I'm explaining that we don't want to just present the Avos as individuals of belief and basic kindness, but we also want to show their understanding of the uh, will of Hashem and how important it is and how important actions are as well. I want to end off with one more great Rav in history who has presented this and offered it to us in a Shela Uchuva form. We have tshuvas today of Rabbi Israel Meir Lau, the former chief rav of Israel. It's beautiful tshuvas, just like his parish on Pirkei Avos has such a fine way of writing the Yachal Yisrael, which is abbreviation of his name. So he discusses this sugya actually in light of something coming up in this week's coming parsha. I'm recording this before Parshas Vayetze. And in Vayetze, we see Vayifka Bamakom, Yaakov Avinu, and Rashi tells us, based on the Medrash, that Yaakov established Mariv. And the Gemara in Brachos that tells us we have Tfilos Avos Tiknum, it's actually a three-year-old of how the original Tfilos came about. Two are mentioned in the Bavli, a third is mentioned in the Yerushalmi, but we know the opinion of Tfilos Avos Tiknum. What he wants to deal with is if you take this Gemara, literally the Gemara in Yoma and the Rashi in our Parsha, then what does it mean Yaakov Davin's Mariv? Avraham established all three, or at least Avraham already knew about all three. And his conclusion based on a Marsha on the Gemara is true. Avraham did Davin Shachris, Mincha, and Mariv. It's just that to him, Shachris was the most passionate. Yaakov already knew about Shachris, Mincha, even Mariv, but Mariv was most passionate to him. And you could explain how monletically that to Yaakov, who was the person of the night, who had to deal with Gullus, he put more kavana into this idea, into, into davening. Now, there is a fascinating uh, Rashba, going back to the Rashba that we quoted before. And the Rashba says, the bottom line is, 
even if mitzvahs were not fulfilled literally the way they were today, and especially if you say that's true in Eretz Yisrael, that mitzvahs were fulfilled, but not in Chutz Laaretz, these ideas were such fundamental ideas already within the Avos. In fact, the Rashba says that we have Chazal teaching us that Yosef in Mitzrayim kept Shabbos. Not that he technically had to keep Shabbos, but the concept of Shabbos he felt was so necessary to inculcate into his family the concept of Emunah, especially in Chutz Laaretz. So we try to view the history of Halacha, but what all of these opinions put together also are showing us that there's a certain consistency from the Avos to our time in Emuna, in Mitzvos, Sichlis, Mitzvos Masios, and of course in our dedication to the Messorah.